0: Hey welcome to Anarchy to Diapers. Today's episode is with the guitarist and vocalist Sean Sanders from the punk band Jones Crusher. I've seen this band in the early 90s and they're still together. They've stood the test of time. And over the last 20 years I've gotten to know Sean a bit just from going to shows. We talk in between bands after his band goes on after shows and he's a really cool dude and I got him to come down to talk to me today about his family, how he grew up, and how his band got started. So, you know how they say, if someone walks in your house and your dog growls at him, they're an asshole? Well, Sean walked into my house, my dog fell in love with him. He was jumping up on his lap during the interview. He's a 115-pound lap, giving him kisses. And Sean is such a nice guy, he couldn't stop playing with my dog. Yes, during the interview, between him and the dog, ah! but it just goes to show you what a kind person he is and what a big heart he has. So let's get this bitch started.
1: Anarchy to diapers, bitches! I'm in this corner,
0: On, start with, uh, with your music job. I saw a couple posts you said that your father was
2: big into music and is that how he you got involved in music definitely yeah I think my, my father and my my parents actually were my probably my biggest influence my my father was a drummer he played in uh, a lot of bands uh, he he was a Vietnam but he came home and he was a drummer and he started getting involved with bands and uh, he was actually had a producer shadow morton the uh with the uh uh the young rascals and um the famous producer he was interested in his band but they they had a problem with their their guitar player couldn't keep away from the bottle so they he kind of screwed things up for them but my grandfather was a musician also he played like the piano and he played uh the pipe organ in churches i used to go and change the music for him and he uh I, actually, I grew up with two sisters, so our apartment above my grandparents' house was kind of small. So when puberty hit, I had to move down into my grandfather's practice room. So I was shared the room with a, a pipe organ, you know, just a basic organ part. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, the, very that cool. Was, yeah, and my father had his drum set down in the basement. So I was always around music. You know, his band would come over and practice and at times. And uh, so I was always around. Issues. But the, the main thing I think was my parents, they had an incredible collection of. Not just like the mainstream rock albums, but a lot of strange stuff that I really got into. A lot of, a lot of rare stuff like David Peel and a band called Blood Rock and just like, you know, not your uh, plain Jane rock. Just, you know, that's really got me into like the, a lot of the rare and strange things about music. That's and naturally I was so attracted to punk rock because it was, you know, different from the mainstream and New Wave and stuff. And I was a little kid just listening with headphones and just, you know, get lost and the world of all that great music so that was <laughs> basic but my father didn't want to teach me the drums because he was heartbroken from his band almost making it really big and so he kind of like didn't have the passion to show me the drums he's an incredible drummer he always said ed Shaughnessy from the tonight show was one of his biggest influences so okay. an amazing drummer uh but he knew he says i knew you would pick up some other instrument because i picked up the guitar when i was a kid." and started playing and then eventually bands needed bass players because you know how that goes like there's a million guitar players but everybody needs a bass player so <laughs> so i switched over the bass and then you know with this band i've had for years i've always played guitar but i played bass in a lot of bands like uh-huh. the carbells that needed a bass player so i also play a little bit of keyboards too because so my grandfather but you know of course it's hard not to not when you're not supposed to touch your grandfather's like piano or, or whatever it's you know that's not gonna happen when you're a kid yeah. so you know i was always like playing around with the with the keyboards as well <laughs> that's right. basi- basically it yeah. and is uh jones Crusher your first band what did i do i, I played in some like uh bands we do like cover songs and stuff and make up like make up our own songs but then the first real band i was in was a band called lukewarm enema I was like 18 or 19. It was a, a couple of guys who were 2 years younger than me in high school and we were punk band and um we got pretty popular. You know at that age 18 or 19 you get you get a million of your friends following you everywhere because you know they have nothing else to do. <laughs> they don't have a job or they don't have, you know they don't have to wake up early the next morning most of them and and uh, um you know so it was lukewarm, I mean, we was going Luke one man but we we were friends with um Paul and Glenn from Ludacris and we actually made a recording and they actually played it's a rare thing if you're a Ludacris fan, or a scatterbrain. Paul and Glenn actually play uh, a dual lead on one of our songs. Um, it's it's it was on cassette. You might be if you look it up. I don't know. I don't know if anybody would have it, but I'm never uh, surprised about what you can find on like YouTube or the internet. But it was called uh, lukewarm Warm Animal." Actually, no. That we were, at that time we were called Slingshot. Like a slingshot, we were called slungshot okay and there's a song on it where you can see in the credits where uh, paul and glenn from Ludacris play on it and i was in that band for a while i played bass with those guys and then i always played my childhood best friend danny helts we grew up in beth page he's a year younger than me he got into playing the guitar but then briefly his brother was a guitar we used to watch his brother's uh band his brother's band used to make fun of us and call us pests for hanging around and but danny had a guitar and he got rid of that right away because he wanted to play drums. So he traded with someone. He traded with his friend. He traded his guitar for the drum set. So ever since then, the two of us were always playing together. We had a band band called HST, Health Sanders Tag. The guy Dave that I played with when that first band. And we did like some of our own songs. And we did a few covers. We played this place called Heaven in Northport. It was like nickel drinks. You'd have these big... Uh, Biker bounces, blocked the bar, so it was hard to get a drink. <laughs> because my friend would slap down a, a $5. I'm buying everybody in the bar, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know. It was a scam. Nickel drinks, but you had to get between these, these two monsters to get to the bar. So I guess, you know, it was only one or two drinks. <laughs> so we played there. and um... But then after that, Dan and I looked for ads to like, play with people. You met these two guys, um, Chi and Steve. And we saw these two guys were looking for a uh, lead guitarist, guitar player, and drummer. So, you know, I, I guess uh, I played some lead guitar and Danny played the drums. So we got together with these guys. It was a lot of fun because these guys were really into like the New York punk bands, like the New York Dolls and Johnny Thunders and, you know, Ramones. And so it was a lot of fun. We did, we did originals. They had great originals. And, and we did covers of a lot of New York punk bands. And um, we uh, started playing with them. So we were called um, the Orphans, and there was a we used to play the Scrap Bar in the city all the time. It was a cool place on McDougal, and it was like a, a um, Hell's Angels hangout, and okay. they were really cool to us. And we met a lot of famous people, uh, Lane Staley from uh, Allison Chains. You know, yeah. we met the Screaming Trees, those two big monster guys that were in that band. They were, they were but, mm-hmm. so we had great times. just we played with those guys a lot. Uh, played all over the city, played this place called The Spiral, The Downtown, um, Underworld. Um, played We played CBGB's a ton of times, like, you know, what I mean, Place of the, Con- the Continental was the big place we used to play. Um, so we played with those guys for a while, and we actually met guy Kenny, Kenny Leinhardt, he, he was the sound guy at the Bowery Ballroom. And back then he was the sound guy at all those places they owned by a guy named Tom Jack, uh, The Underworld, Spiral Bar, Street Level. Actually, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Actually, he met us the night that we lost one of the guys in the band and we gained a uh, bass player, this girl, Trisha. So it was the, we was at that time, we weren't called the office. We were called New Lots Avenue, named after where the guy Chi lived in Brooklyn on New Lots Avenue by Starrett City over there, off of the Bell Parkway. So we called New Lots Avenue. And we used to go and pick him up in Brooklyn. We'd go practice in Brooklyn. We used to see Mickey... Mickey Lee, uh, Joe Ramon's brother. He, he'd be practicing with his band, Stop. And we used to talk to him all the time. And we used to, uh, the, oh, Coyote Studios. I was at the big famous studio in Brooklyn, Coyote, Coyote Studios. So we so we, um, one night we were playing at the, uh, I think it was sh- Street Level or Underworld. I'm pretty sure it was Underworld. It might've been Street Level. But we were playing and the guy, all of a sudden the guy, Chi, in the middle of the song, he didn't, he didn't like something, or whatever, he didn't feel like playing anymore and he was getting upset. So I used to write all these songs, and for some reason, not to badmouth the guy, she, she, I'm not badmouthing, but he, but he, he didn't really want to like hear my songs. Like he kind of like played the game, and me and Dan were kind of get mad about it. And so at the show, Dan's like, "Sean, you sing, you sing, sing your songs." So because I had so many songs that I wrote, and we would do them in practice. But you know, I, I guess you know sometimes bands get like they want the band to go their direction. I mean, we did join their band. In his defense, but still, he was, being, <laughs> he was kind of being a baby. But but we, we did I did our songs, and that was the birth of Jones Crusher. From then on, we named up band Jones Crusher. I thought that Danny picked the name because it's a Frank Zappa name, but Danny swears that it was Trisha, the bass player, that she liked the name Jones Crusher. Because, you know, we liked Frank Zappa. So if that's what it was, well, I don't remember. So we were all trying to throw names around and stuff. So uh, that's how Jones Crusher started. We met Kenny that night. After all that happened, Kenny was just like, you know you guys are great, you remind me of Johnny Thunders, you remind me of Ramones. you remind me of all these bands, I can't put a name but you. you, remind me of so many these different bands, and I love your sound, so he says, I record bands and stuff, and so we started recording, we recorded our early stuff with Jones Crusher, and I started writing like crazy, and, and um, that was it, that was the birth of Jones Crusher, it was me, Dan, Dan, myself, and this girl, Trish, and we played strong until she uh, was pregnant, and we kind of wanted to wait for her to come back from the band, but she wasn't getting back to us and stuff. And then we went on and we got uh, this guy, Joe. O- Joe O'Connor to play bass. I don't know if you remember Joe. With the red, with the red hair, Joe. We used to call him the red-headed stepchild. He was, he was <laughs> nutty. I don't know who isn't nutty. We're all nutty. I don't like, know. Our own ways. Yeah, but he was the second I, bass player. In- I
0: think the first time I saw you guys was um, at Lux. And I want to say it was either Battle of the Bands. Oh, and- yes. And yeah. that was with like... Uh, was it Rat Bastard Bastard. was on the bill yeah with with Dave and uh,
2: uh, Joe Kohler and and those guys yeah yeah absolutely and And, uh, Mike Stamberg yeah yeah. I really
0: enjoyed your set and I signed up on uh, your mailing list then and back then I lived in Baldwin and uh but yeah. uh, I probably didn't get to see you for a bunch of years after that because I was working at a restaurant, so normally you work on the weekends. Oh, yeah. I so, get that. I know. You know I, yeah. So by the time I got back out to you, it was probably a few years. And, I mean, that's got to be like 90s.
2: Yeah, because that's when we started. I, I think the well, I was married in 93. So it, we were already playing, you know, with, with the other band. And the night we became Jones' Crush, it might have been, like been like 93 or 94. It was definitely around there we we played that show we didn't even like start hanging out at the juke joint yet but but i knew of dave and i knew of joe and i knew of uh i knew of rap bass so i think i would seen them somewhere before mike stanberg and i thought they were great and uh it was good to play with them and or i might have maybe maybe it was the first time i met them but i thought they were great and it was just a fun night i remember christine that owned uh, the juke joint was there okay and uh, i met her so we started hanging out at the juke joint and that's when I met all those great people uh, from like the Belmore area and um, and people that came around like uh, from like from where you're from and for like Wontor like Marico and Heavy Metal Chris and all those people. Yeah, yeah, I started meeting all those people and you know the lineup now it's it's me and Dan as always, but uh, um, but now we have uh, Marissa and she's great uh, on bass. You know she, uh, you know, so we've been playing with her and it's been going going good with her. So how did you actually meet your wife? Oh, and my wife, um, I grew up in Bethpage, she grew up in Hicksville, we used to go, I was always into like the uh, punk and new wave, and we used to go to a really cool new wave club called Spies, uh, Spies and um, the Elvis of Dance Clubs in uh, in, in Farmingdale, these have the commercial on LIR, and uh, we would go down there, and actually, I met her through a friend of hers, I actually started dating a friend, so... We, you know, we were getting along, but more like friends and like dating. And then she was living out in Stony Brook too, going to school there. So we stopped seeing each other. And then my wife and I kind of met up at Spies. And I didn't realize at the time, but she, she really liked me. And I thought she was really cute. And, and her friend Celeste was trying to like set, set us up big time. She was put everywhere I went. I see like, oh, dance with Kathy. You know, was kind of one of those things. Uh-huh. So like the two of us started dancing. We got along really good. And that was it from there. Since that was back in like '89. <laughs> okay. Wait, wait. '89, '90, '91. What? Yeah, it was like '89 we met because we, we we baby, we we uh uh we dated four years uh before we were engaged. <laughs> yeah, we got engaged and then a year later we were married. Uh, so I've been married. We've been married 26 years since '93. Yeah. so That's, congratulations. Yeah. Like like thank you. Time. Thank you. Yeah. She and she's just she's great. I mean, she uh she's very autistic too. She's uh, she's a writer. I mean, she's a great writer. It's it's tough to be married to a writer because you if she's mad at you and you're have you're texting each other forget it but don't even try to answer her because she's already texted like a thousand words before you can get one word <laughs> and let me tell you all the grammar is correct and <laughs> she's she's a pisser no but but she's really into she had a radio show in Ithaca she had it she used to play she played me her old tapes I'm like oh my god this is amazing she had a radio show at night Ithaca She like Who could do follow by the replacements the minute man I'm like oh my god then she'd have a new wave dance night there was a place up there called the horn she's some they used to play her, her show live at the dance club. She played like the Pesh mode and uh, uh, all these great like new wave bands. Like uh, it's amazing. It's like she, she, like she has like a big uh, knowledge of music as well. So we have like a huge record collection and CDs, records, CDs, tapes, everything. But so
0: no, it definitely yeah. helps the relationship. I mean, you guys can share music. Oh yeah, them. yeah. I mean,
2: I mean it's really, really something. But but she's. Uh, but she, you know, she, but thank God, you know she's she's some more. Uh, uh, she's kind of, got <laughs> <Between> a. Yeah, she, <laughs> my dog. You guys are <laughs> oh, both. I know dope. he's my, my, my. You giving he, him so
0: much
1: he, love. He's oh, like I out know. of control.
2: He's so sweet. You gotta see if you haven't if you haven't seen Baker. He's the sweetest. He's the, yeah. the sweetest boy. Big big black lab. He's adorable. He's adorable. Yeah, <laughs> he's just giving me kisses and attention.
0: <laughs> so, so when did you guys uh, decide to adopt?
2: Oh, when we were, when we first got married in '93, we talked about it from the start, and a lot of people, you know, I I'm all for it too. Like a lot of people think that oh, people uh, adopt because they know they can't have kids and stuff, and uh, which is you know a lot of, I know a lot of people try uh, fertility drugs and they really put a lot of money and effort into it because they want to do and that's what they want to do they want to have their own biological kids but we always talked about like you know there's so many kids in the world and uh wouldn't it be nice to adopt uh, a child that's you know from a uh, impoverished country or, or some of the you know kids that really have a rough life We always just thought that way and uh you know not everybody sees the same way but that's how we saw it and we even you know people when they talk to you they they say stupid stuff right away but yeah but most of people don't like you know you got to like kind of I used to kind of get angry when people would say like uh, ignorant stuff about adoption stuff but it's like you kind of have to realize that people are kind of like unaware of your situation or they don't they you know it's you you can't get so mad about it anymore like because you know people will will say stupid things or things that might offend you at first but
0: in in like what sense
2: They'll just be like, oh, why did you want to adopt? How come you didn't want to adopt from this country? How come, you know, it's just, it, 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 to me, it's like a lot of people see like life as a competition. Like, like the United States is the baseball team against another team. It's, it's the world is the world. It's just, you know, people starving in other countries. It's not like, uh, you know, we hate them because they play for the other team. Yeah. (laughs) You know, a lot of people, unfortunately, like look at life that way, but it's, but, but, um, uh, you know, it's just so, so we so
0: they have that attitude, like, um, yeah, like, oh, why, why did you go to another country? Yes, there's plenty yeah, of kids Yeah. And
2: yeah. And it's, it's funny too. Cause you know, a lot of people always tell us like, oh, you saved their lives. I like got my son and my daughter, but it's like, no, nah, it's like they, they saved our lives too. Like they, you know, it's when we were first looking into adoption, we were like look, looking into like, um, Korea or China, an organization. And it's just the way, you know, they just question it to death. In these places. Cause they got to find out they want them to go to good homes. and. And then Cambodia came up, and and then they sent us a picture of Shane, and that was it. I was just like, oh my god, it's just, you know, this is happening. And we went over to Cambodia to adopt Shane. And the first time we saw him, it was like we were meant to be together. It was just, it was amazing. It was just, uh, I mean, he cried in my in the orphanage. They, I held him and he cried. And he fell asleep in my arms and he woke up. And he was smiling. It was like we were meant to be together the whole time. He was laughing and smiling. Like he was so happy. Like he knew, he was eighteen months. He knew that we were coming for him. They told him at the orphanage and your parents are coming and he was just so happy to be with us. We were in a hotel room there and my wife would have to go out or I'd have to go out to get something for him and he would cry because he didn't want us to leave. You know, it was just, it was just so emotional. It was just the best, you know, it was just, um, uh, it's like we, were, you know, you're meant to be together the whole time and, and you know, I, I love him, I love my daughter, my wife more than anything in the world. It's just, you know, it's, the same with my daughter, like, but my daughter was eight, and we found out that, you know, we found this biological family, and they were, the mother had a lot of physical injuries. Father wasn't there. The father, like, left, and so the mother uh passed away, and Leah was struggling. She was begging for food, and the family was trying to take care of her, but they couldn't. They were struggling to take care of her, so so we asked. We said, you know, we had a lot of friends that were finding out all this information, so we asked. We asked, please ask her, does she want to come live with us? So they asked her, and she said yes right away. So, okay, so we made arrangements to come and adopt her. Um, and we went there, and she came home with us. So, so ever since then, she, uh, she came in when she was like eight years old. So they biological brother and sister. They have another brother and sister there that we keep in touch with. It's, it's great these days with, like, modern technology. Like, we are, we're able to, like, where we'd have to send letters, and you wouldn't hear from them for a while. No, we actually talked to them. Uh, we uh, Facebook messaged them. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy now, you know. Uh, yeah. But it's they're they're twelve hours ahead of us, so you know it's the other side of the world. So we and then we went back a third time, all of us together, and that was a great experience. The only thing that that sucked was like when we went to leave home, the other brother and sister wanted to come home with us, but we had to explain to, well through an interpreter that you know we can't adopt you now because the country put a moratorium on adoption because as a lot of poor countries around the world it's unfortunate because there's a lot of predators that go and take a, take advantage of uh, and there's a lot of people from those countries that see mo- money making out of trying to force kids force kids into adoption and yeah a lot of that baby trafficking goes on oh, you know so Jesus. they had to put a stop on it so you know even if we wanted to bring them home we couldn't at the time so yeah it was just very emotional but um yeah so so now my kids now my son is 20 he's home with us and going to school my daughter's 25 and she out of college working in philadelphia and now she's going for a master's degree so in philadelphia awesome yeah Yeah, so
0: were you originally gonna adopt two children did you have that in mind or you were just like let me let's just do one and see where it
2: (laughs) goes yeah well well no like we uh we weren't even sure if we were gonna like after shane if we were gonna try bi biologically or I, I don't know or or just try to or what we were gonna do. We had we weren't even thinking about that. But it just uh when Leah came up, uh it was just we knew what we were going to do right away. Uh adopt her. Yeah, we haven't we hadn't even like thought about what we were gonna do next, like another child. I I know, because yeah, I know a lot of people have uh you know okay we had our first child we're gonna plan to have another one or not or Mm -hmm. (laughs) we just weren't even thinking about it at the time and it's not easy too. like it's not i mean we had to go to another part of the world and you know it's i mean when you go to like a third world country i'm not gonna start all like like i know what i'm talking about but i mean there's people that go to these countries and they effortlessly just put their lives into trying to help people with and they don't even like x for a thank you we've seen it we've i mean we've been to the there like three times it's just like when you see stuff like that close people starving and uh, children without missing all their limbs and you can't even eat if there's any kind of restaurants or food place around question you see kids begging for food that haven't missing all their limbs a girl pushing a little girl pushing a brother younger than her with missing every one of his limbs and i'm just giving all my food away and stuff it's just I mean, you see stuff like that, it's just, it's, you really wake you up, but... <laughs> no, no, yeah. definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying, like, I am an authority on that because, I mean, there's people that go there, and they devote their whole life into helping people, and, like, you know, me, people are fighting over stupid stuff, and these people are just, like, whether it's with people or animals, they just devote their whole lives into, I mean, that's a selfless person right there, that's, <laughs> you yeah. know, that's really admirable
0: when you went to go to adopt was it like a super stressful thing like uh, yeah especially it, like after like you said china and korea wasn't really yeah responsive? the people
2: it was like an organization here uh, but they just kind of made you feel bad they actually did drugs have the, the biggest insult was like I, I guess it's not an insult because they're worried about you but they're worried about if if you take antidepressants or have ever taken i mean that to me it shouldn't be such a big issue because it's so, <laughs> i mean i don't know in my opinion it's like if you take antidepressants it's not not you're not going to be a bad like parent because you i think it's doing doing the right things it's like doing the right things if you uh you know uh, having struggling yeah with depression. <laughs> yeah yeah taking care of it you know <laughs> trying to keep it down <laughs>
0: Why, why do you find these uh, questions like offensive? Is it because oh, like, yeah. you feel I, like I, they're prejudging you?
2: Yeah, I was jumping up. I was jumping all over the place. I don't know. You know, sometimes my wife puts me in my place. Sometimes I get like, I, I uh, let what people say bother me a little too much, a little too sensitive sometimes. And she's like, you got to understand, people are going to like ask stupid questions. People ask stupid questions about a lot of topics. You know, people have their opinions about everybody's lifestyle, whether someone's gay or whether. I mean, I have a friend that. She and her partner had just had a uh, baby, and she wanted to ask me all questions about that people give you a hard time, you know, because your children don't look like you and stuff. And they 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 kind of look like my wife, my kids. They they're beautiful, my kids. I'm like, I'm always like, thank God they don't look like me, <laughs> but they look like my wife. And uh, <laughs> but you know, but she's like, but I she's like, I I, I think we're gonna have it harder because we're we're a uh, gay couple. And I'm like, you know what? Don't think that way. F them, like screw them. If they got something to say about you. I said they, they, you know, a lot of them don't have the guts to tell you how they feel. It's just, you know, who cares how they feel? It's like, you're not, it's not important. It shouldn't be important. It took me a while to to accept that and realize that it's not important what somebody thinks about your life. It's your life. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, let them live their own life. It's not, should not be important what somebody else, someone else's opinion about you is like, it's.
0: No, absolutely. I, I, I it's kind of one of the reasons why I started doing the podcast about parenting because oh, yeah. I feel like um, yeah. a lot of people um, judge me because of the choices that I make with my son, like taking my son to concerts and shit. They're yeah. you know, like, oh, I don't yeah. know if
2: you should be doing oh, that. Oh, yeah. Th- there's always, you're right.
0: And then uh, it's, you know, it's like uh, I play music with curses. Yeah, my yeah. son's five years old he doesn't know bad words yeah he yeah. doesn't know any of them yeah like where people like i know they're you know they kid, they go to church with their kids and their kids were dropping f-bombs at three oh. years old oh yeah Do you know yeah. what i mean so it's like yeah i don't know maybe i'm doing something right maybe you're not doing something right because yeah. my kid doesn't know curse words he, we just don't say them in the house so yeah. like he says shipwreck yeah yeah <laughs> it,
2: it's funny because you when my kids were little i'd drive in the car i'm listening to my music and the nuns would come on like that old band the nuns from california uh-huh. and they had that song suicide child and like you stupid yeah, i don't know if i could say it on it, but you stupid Ditch, you, all you, you, want. you low down you you stole my junk you low down and you know punk and you know and they were like uh my kids would be singing along you can know? <laughs> imagine some of the parent groups in my car but you know but they thought it was funny and stuff and they turned out fine and my daughter's like and the two of them are very intelligent they know right and wrong and mm-hmm. you know they they have more heart than a lot of, lot of these young people that you know just take pictures of themselves all the time and they're all you know they, these kids have a big heart and it's just you know here I'm listening to music about junkies and uh cursing and <laughs> so, you know I know it's just I think a lot of people are such hypocrites I mean remind me of a time we were at a away somewhere and my uh my son was playing with these other two little boys at the families that we knew, when they're running around and, and somebody was handing out or selling it was like little like. Indian like bow and arrows or something or like little little like sort things so they were playing with each other and shooting like like nerf bow and arrows it was harmless like little tiny things so this one mother we see down the lobby she sees the kids doing it. oh my god I w-. she the mother here comes the mother of the year oh my i was like rolling my eyes she's like telling my wife oh my god i would never let my kids do that no no i'd never let them do that that's hard i'm like oh my god it's like probably her kid's gonna probably be the kid that like uh they gotta stop from going into the school with uh i hate to say it but you know what i mean it's yeah like, it's like you know let them play let the kids play and like realize what i mean you're not gonna hey that was great son today i'll show you how to really kill them you know it's just kids gotta play and we play and look i mean i don't want to go out and like kill people i i played like with guns and army and everything when i was a kid like pretend that we like attacking people and with knives and stuff (laughs) like you know that's why i want to go out and like kill somebody no you know yeah I don't no, know.
0: definitely we used to do, uh, there used to be this big dirt mound at my dad yeah. at the end of town and we'd play like uh, King of the Hill and we'd have sticks and we'd just it, yeah. to break and, the sticks yes. and a piece would break off hit you but you know it it's was, all part of growing up
2: yeah it was great we we had like in my you know we were kids for a long time we grew up uh, in the beginning my parents didn't have a lot of money but then my parents started doing well for a while but we lived with my grandparents until I was like 18 and so when we were the young kids we'd have boxing matches and my grandma's back out. Imagine my imagine the horror my grandma's face coming out and seeing us, like us like wailing on each other with boxing gloves i don't know what the hell we were thinking but it was and i always had to you know we tried to match the kids by age and like two the, the young ones would start crying because they'd be punching each other in the face and then i'd, I'd have to go against like the oldest kid and like, they did call it a draw because i thought i did well against him but he was older than me they didn't want to make him look bad so they have to, you know, <laughs> we'd be wailing at each on each other in boxing matches and stuff so you know so i mean we were like The kids are nothing compared to what we used to do, I think, but that's good, you know, I guess learn from like our stupidity again <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? absolutely
0: it goes hand in hand i mean in one aspect like they're not like uh getting into as much stuff like yeah. we used to do and we used to get more physical but then again they're also a lot more thoughtful about yes things yeah they do where yeah. like you know yeah we would run across the street and i mean yeah. it was almost a game to try and beat the cars across the street and not yeah. worried about getting hit yeah. by them you know like,
2: yeah oh. i i agree and like I, you know with my uh when it came to time like I was curious about my son if he knew about the birds like sex birds and the bees and you know with these kids kids gets into computers so early and just the stuff they see and the stuff that goes around the schools and my my son basically like laughed at me when I, I said do we do I need to have the talk with you about like you know? <laughs> he basically like probably knows more than knew more than me at like you're 13 and I <laughs> you know <laughs> It's it's so different these days it's you know, it's, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was kids knew back then too, but you just went along with your parents telling you, like, my father never, like, well, my parents never told me, I just had to find out through friends or whatever, you know, because I remember, like, f- for me, what was exciting, was. do you remember, like, the cable box, seeing, like, the porno travel channel, like, you get it in, you put, you press the two buttons together to get the channel in, the, it's all squiggly and stuff, and you could yeah. see some porno scenes, and, yeah, get a little yeah, pipe yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, no, definitely. One thing I was definitely lucky about is my mom was always about, like, protection. And, like, my mom is, uh, was very straightforward on things like that. Oh, like, yeah, you know, about yeah. even doing drugs and drinking. And just, yeah. like, she always talked to me about it. She, so
2: cause she, she knew <clears throat> I, the real deal. Like, she knew, yeah. She, yeah. So she, I
0: try and bring that, like, same aspect to my parenting as well like where you know everything i talk to my son even when we're playing video games uh yeah you know we do plants versus zombies oh yes yeah so it's like uh yeah it's a shooter game but uh it's a cartoony so it's like zombies and plants and uh you know he asked me like oh who's the good guys who's the bad guys i said well it all depends right if you're a zombie you think the plants are the bad guys and if you're a plant you think the zombies are a bad guy and uh I try and like get his mind working that way just because like even when we go to war with any another country or something yeah, yeah like it, you yeah. were saying like everyone's like oh it's our team versus their team not really I mean yeah you know yeah. anytime our country goes to war it's with another dying. country we <laughs> think <laughs> we're right yeah. they think they're right yeah
2: so. well I had a wake-up call up uh, in Cambodia the third time we we're there and we were driving or was it the second time we dro- we had a driver there and I says, oh yeah, you know, my father spent a lot of time in Cambodia during the Vietnam War, because a lot of people don't realize like there was the uh, underground tunnels that the Viet Cong were coming through to to through uh, Cambodia, or there was the, the stuff coming through from China. There were tunnels from Cambodia, and they and there was a lot of bombing in Cambodia, and a lot of uh, and Laos too, and. And I said, "Oh yeah, my father was a Vietnam veteran." He said, "Oh, he's like, you call it the Vietnam War. We we call it the American War. When you think about it, like we had, why were we there? Like you know, we were but we had no business being there. It was somebody else's war. It's like you know, it's like mm-hmm. you just go over there and you know, China was what happened anyway. They took over, and communism took over anyway. Like you know, when
0: your son was away at college, oh yeah, you said that uh, it never made you so happy when he asked you to bring up his guitar.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he wanted to, of course he's." He started playing uh, when he was younger in the school, and, and he, the music teacher fell in love with him because he had he has a great he's got a better ear yeah, than me in music seriously he he started playing my guitars and my bass and he played I don't know if you heard, heard Sir Duke by uh, Stevie Wonder the bass part in St- Sir Duke if if you listen to I can uh, yeah take it off but, my but head it, but you listen to the I bass part in that song Sir so, Duke he nailed it as a as a kid in elementary school and like and he did it in front of the stage and like. And then we did like a talent show where him and a couple of kids in the neighborhood uh, uh, did a song. And I, I they didn't have a bass player, so I was like a shadow bass player on the side of the stage just to keep the timing going mm-hmm. with the drummer and stuff. And and they—and he plays great guitar. My wife sometimes, they hear him play lead. And she th- she'd be like, I thought that was you. Because he does like copy my style of lead because his ear, you know, and he sees mm-hmm. the way I play. I, like, he's good. I can show him something on guitar and he can just copy it, you know what I mean? Like, and so he wanted me to be at the school because you know he doesn't touch it anymore it's just i don't know he's just kind of i'll i be honest with you, he's so into like video game when he's not working or going to school he's so into video getting him yelling at people you suck and i don't know is that something i don't play video games anymore is that something that goes on when you play with people like online. you suck it yeah. out of here he's like you yeah. get out of you you're ruining the game you suck oh my god i'm like Shane, calm down like he just gets goes in this rage and, and I, but but my wife i'm like oh my god what the hell's going on in there but he uh He's a great musician. He doesn't really, like, touch it that much. But when he does, I mean, he's a, he's great. He can play really well. And and I guess, like, when he was at school at the time, he wanted me to bring his guitar, I guess, because all the girls, you know, he was always, like, a ladies' man. <laughs> all the girls wanted to hear him play, like, so... You know, so that's why you wanted the guitar. I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, I like that motivation. but that's what's gonna take, girls <laughs> want it. I mean, I guess that's you know really why thing, a lot girl. of us like stop playing. It, you know, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> unless, yeah. unless you're weird like me and you you just loved all that weird music your parents had and you're into, so you just want to play music because of that. But a lot, but I, I can't blame a lot of guys or girls for. Wanted to get into it for <laughs> the, the attraction from the opposite sex or same sex or whatever you're into it's, it, whatever motivates him right you yeah, yeah, have yeah. to get some girls coming by the house yeah you're yeah. playing some more yeah uh, do you uh,
0: think that uh because it comes very natural to him do
2: you think it's just one of those things that he kind of takes for granted i think yeah he does take it for granted i, I think he's kind of my he's not like my daughter my daughter when she came here she she was uh eight years old and she knew what she wanted to do right away she knew she wanted to excel in school she 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 was always in college she was on the dean's list every year and she very high grades and she when she came here she was appalled by like the and we put her in second grade we like left her a year back and she was appalled by the behavior of uh the kids because they weren't listening to the teacher cause in Cambodia it's like a privilege to go to school it's it's you have to have money to go to school pay to go to school it's not a lot but you got to have some money there and to go to school and when she came here the kids were laughing not paying attention she, you sit down you listen to teachers so and the teacher loved her because she was like she was appalled by the kids behavior so my wife and I, oh no she's not gonna have any friends she's like yelling at kids <laughs> but the teacher freaking loved her yeah. but um but you know but she kind of realized you know what was going on and stuff but but my son I think he's got a lot of things that trouble him like you know he for a while he's going through like an identity thing about uh where he's from and stuff like that because you know, he had a lot of his friends used to call him Blasian because he's got, like, tan skin. It's a, it's Blasian. I, it's, I guess it's a term that means, like, black Asian because like, okay. he's got, like, tan uh, skin. I, too, I don't know. So, so was, he was fun. going through, like, an identity thing, but I think he's doing better now and stuff. But he's always been very popular, like, the kids, you know, with girls. Oh, oh my God, he's always had a girlfriend and stuff. But right now he's kind of like, I don't want a girlfriend right now until I get get my act together, life together and stuff. And, okay. Yeah, he was playing lacrosse up at school and uh, division two or division three and he was starting and he was one of the team's lead scorers. And, uh, he was a midfielder. So those guys got to run up super fast, run all the way up and run all the way back on defense. So it's like the hardest job on the field. So, and he was a freshman. He was starting. And then one day he said, I don't want to play anymore. I just, and I was hurt, you know, I was not hurt, but I was just like kind of like baffled. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't really, I played a little bit of sports and I, you know, in high school, but, but he, uh, he was good and he just said, I want to play him. Okay, that's what he wants to do. You know, he's just kind of, he just, I don't like lacrosse anymore. I don't want to play. And, you know, he's always good at baseball too. He was, he was amazing. At, I think he might have been better at baseball and the coaches wanted him to play baseball, but he wanted to play lacrosse because said baseball. I, I, I kind of agreed with him. He said baseball, there's not much running. It's kind of boring. Mm-hmm. He, he wanted to run because he's super fast. He's like, yeah. can't blame him. Yeah. But now he's like, he wants to get certified as a personal trainer. He's really into like okay. working out and stuff. So. Okay. So, yeah, so right now he's, just trying to get things together, you know.
0: So you think he's just going through that whole twenties phase of yeah, life, just yeah. finding what what you want to do, like yeah, who you are, what you're gonna do for your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you tried talking to him a little bit about it and tell yeah. him about how
2: you've gone through it? He's kind of reminds me of me when I was at an age like you know he doesn't want to sit and look at me and talk to me. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, running away, kind. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the patience or time to talk to me. I guess. And I, I just think, man, I was like that when I was. as I just my parents tried to talk me. I just wanted to run away yeah. and. Leave yeah, me yeah, alone, yeah. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just give me a Pepsi, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that was the anthem. Oh my god, We first heard that song, was about it. wow, yeah. Yeah. institutionalized. Yeah, it. <laughs> man, but when you hear that, and you're like, holy crap, it's like that's a, that's me. Like, how many of us thought that, like, you know, when we you know <laughs>
0: absolutely maybe we need to start playing yeah, that for yeah. him yeah yeah <laughs> Just drop it as a single in his room he's heard it he's heard it before. <laughs> yeah. oh man
2: yeah but i have so much like that's one thing i never forced my taste in music on them either like i mean they love a lot of stuff that i like but they got into they'll listen to a lot of like the rap and hip-hop and stuff and a lot of their friends listen to it so but if they ever want to you know they know mom and dad have a huge library to just hey, you, you want you want to find out some band? Go down and look in our collection. You're gonna find that band. And you, you know, and no, definitely for, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, mm. uh,
0: I just got uh, like my son. Like he's taking gravity. He's taking a lot li- a liking. I'm Jesus Christ. I- I couldn't figure out what choice of words I wanted to use oh no
2: that's sick, like me I hear yeah, you I'm just <laughs> he's, yeah. t-
0: he's taking a big liking to Beastie Boys oh yeah Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. Joan Crushers he, oh. he adds the S to it oh <laughs> nice nice <laughs> and I know. the Ramones those are like his four oh, like yeah. bands so oh yeah I'm yeah. like good choice and uh yeah, yeah, yeah you know I'm just laughing cause like uh the new one that he really got into is Suck My Kiss now oh yeah yeah, yeah so like yeah. I'm like mm, that's gonna probably be a problem <laughs> in <schools."> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah you know he's got his bands and um it's cool you know and uh you know the first punk band that he got to see so uh oh five, yeah yeah that so. was great i remember he was there yeah that was yeah. awesome yeah, yeah and uh he loved it so and uh it definitely helped uh shape him i think to who he is today so i always appreciate that
2: yeah yeah i you just reminded me like we i, I played in a ramones tribute band for one my good friend donnie and um we played at the uh port washington public library and a lot of people came to actually matt from the remember the band the clap matt from the band. Yeah, the yeah, clap. Yeah, yeah, he was the there clap. with his kids and and oh, they, cool. and they love to see it. so shane was there and i came shane played played a ramon song with us i think he played beat on the brat with us or something and uh it was great like it was had him on guitar he was little and he was playing the guitar it was so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah i still have that recording it's awesome yeah it's a good time so uh, but maybe he'll i'm sure it's always there for him and he knows how to play i mean he could we will do like a jam and you know, I'll play, like, chords, or he'll play chords, and we'll take turns lead guitaring. And, you know, he's got a good concept of music and knows how to play in, play in key and stuff. And, you know, I mean, he knows chord um, progressions and, you know, what, what key to play a lead in, and, you know.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Suggestions on getting your kid to play an instrument. Um, yeah. Did you think, like, music school, or just let it come in?
2: Yeah, I would, uh, uh, I kind of saw, like, like, he showed interest, uh, and then um, he was going, uh, my wife has a friend that taught, like, classical guitar, and he was going to her, and um, not to put it down, but I, I think he learned more from me than her playing along with this stuff that I play along, because there, you know, sometimes you send the kid to, and it's just by the book, and they just kind of lose interest, like, if you, like, really open their mind, like, stuff they're familiar with or they hear, and mm-hmm. I think it's more of, like, stimulates them more, you know so, what I mean? But yeah. then there are those kids that are just, like, I mean, I went to high school with a kid that used to wear gloves on the train, because he was a classical guitarist, and because he, he wouldn't shake hands with anybody because you know he's afraid of <laughs> yeah, hurting his hands scary. like yeah he would wear white gloves on the train and he, this guy turned out to be he plays like in some big orchestras now like a classical guitarist and um what was his name I, I can't remember his name but uh chris morello or morelli or something but if anybody's ever heard of him but he like he was asked uh by like lute players like people that make lutes he was asked to play those like that 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 instrument is just, yeah, I mean, but hey, hey, some some people are really into it, and some kind of lose interest, it depends, you know.
0: Because that's Dylan now wants to, I was trying to get him into drums. Oh, yeah. But yeah. he says he wants to play electric guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <was> like,
2: All <laughs> yeah, right. That's great. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that'll be Christmas, so. Yeah. I'll get him a little set up and uh giving him You know what's great now?
2: I mean, they make equipment that is like micro equipment, so much smaller, and it's like, and at first people are like, really, is this stuff going to be really as good? But a lot of that, those small little amps that they make, they're they're powerful and they have great distortion and they, they sound great i mean you don't have to really take up a lot of room with um yeah stuff, you know.
0: relatively decent size setup for yeah. relatively priced yeah yeah decently now thank yeah. god <laughs> yeah yeah
2: and now the, it's great because they have all those uh sites where you can buy uh equipment um like use the new equipment the sites at, at good prices you know people like a decent. Uh, Always like a good first guitar is like a good like a Fender Squire Strat or something like that, or um, to see if they like it, you know, or um, uh, like a Gibson Epiphone or something like a, you see if they like it, like a, you know. Okay. It's like with Shane, like you know, he played my guitar. He always had my guitars, like Gibsons and stuff, and but his first guitar was like a a small like a three quarter neck guitar, that to, to see if he liked it or not, and it was just to play that. And, to yeah. so go with like a three quarter neck, yeah, because I would suggest because I know a lot of people that we have friends that like that, um, their son wanted to play the drums and they bought him like a thousand dollar, fifteen hundred dollar drum set or something like that. It's like you don't have to do that, you just want to see if they like it first, know? Exactly. you know, you know, because you can have it sitting there and you know, and if they don't like it, and, and, and there's get... a grand, yeah, yeah
0: yeah no i don't need to buy him the best something but i just need the best equipment oh yeah i just yeah, need him yeah. something that that plays something yeah. that he won't be struggling to yes, play but yeah. i don't need like top line yeah yeah because you, <laughs> you can
2: know? get like decent guitars that just make the the action is on it like i have a friend that could like set it up for him too. like make it really good action on it because sometimes these guitars if you don't have a good setup on it the strings are really high it's not Mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to play and it's not enjoyable you know exactly yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: know exactly what you're talking about yeah alright I think yeah. we should just end it there oh
2: thank you it was an honor oh, honor thank to you. be on the show I appreciate it greatly yeah. thank- appreciate it well, when uh, uh do you have any shows coming up oh December 14th well Jones Crush is not playing but it's a thing that I put together called uh, Seasons Beatings okay. it's all like uh like a like a holiday party, which is always a lot of fun, and okay. Satan Claus always makes an appearance. So you know, very cool, very cool. <laughs> punishing uh, or and, rewarding bad kids. So,
0: you know. <laughs> and are not you playing with um, at oh, Amityville?
2: Oh yes, we're, oh yeah, the uh, um, World Inferno uh, Society. We're playing with them uh, with with our great friend Matt Dallo um, on December fifth. It's at um, uh, Amity Musical. It's going to be a great show. Those guys, those guys are really on fire. They're they're uh, playing huge places now. And Matt's always been a great friend. He played the theremin on a song. Uh, she spotted a UFO. He played the theremin, so he's going to get up and do that with us again for the oh, show. And and well. I, I I really appreciate. I gave him a lot of credit. Matt Matt's a great guy. He really wanted us on this show and uh, got us on the show with them. So World Inferno Friendship Society, that great band, awesome. And, we ¡Oh!
1: i gonna set